Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. All right, something in this picture is out of place. I am uh, looking right here at Herm Edwards, head coach of Arizona State. Yes, the Sun Devils. Now, Herm Edwards, Rowdy, we've known him to be in the television booth, right? Looking very dapper with the suits and being a face for TV. Before that, NFL, you know, being a coach, you you play to win the game. We know all that about Herm Edwards, you know. Uh, Standing next to him, we're uh, holding a Arizona State Sun Devils helmet. Would be a showgirl from Las Vegas, you know. You got the you got the the bedazzled shiny bralette bra thing. Uh, then you see all her midriff. And then you see like the bedazzled shiny, um, essentially bikini bottoms with like a little hula skirt kind of. Kind of like the trophy. Yeah, kind of like the trophy. Uh, she's she's holding a Sun Devil's helmet and she's got a big headdress on, like it's huge with a bunch of feathers on it. And then in the middle, there's the trophy, the Las Vegas Bowl trophy. And then to the left of the Las Vegas Bowl trophy is another showgirl holding a Wisconsin football helmet. And then next to her, all the way on the left of the picture, is Paul Christ. Looking like he just, you know, went to TJ Maxx and found a couple of Wisconsin Badger you know, gear on sale and put it on. You know, Paul Christ, not the snazziest of dressers. I don't think I'm wrong in saying that, am I, Rowdy? No, normally it's... He's like a Wisconsin dad. Wisconsin sweatshirt. Yeah, Paul Chris looks like a Wisconsin dad, like your average Wisconsinite who you could find, like, you know, at a fish fry or maybe having a, a bush latte at the bar or something, you know, rocking just, you know, Wisconsin dad attire. Herm Edwards got this nice, Herm Edwards kind of dressed like a, a more relaxed Roy Williams. He's got a plaid uh, suit coat on, a sweater, and then some nice little slacks. You know, he's dressed to the nines. And then there's the showgirls. One of these things is not like the other rowdy. Paul Christ standing next to these showgirls and Herm Edwards dressed to the nines is a pretty funny picture as Wisconsin's taking on Arizona State uh, Thursday, 9.30 p.m. in the Las Vegas Bowl. Rowdy and I are going to be at uh, Red Rock Saloon from 5 to 9. Uh, getting you dialed up, oiled up for uh, that game. So something there doesn't belong. And another thing that you know doesn't belong, we just had news of the weird talking about how uh, NASA's hiring a bunch of these theologists and to study the human reaction if you know they were to tell everyone that aliens do indeed exist. Uh, my question, or the question from the Twitch channel, Rowdy, from our guy Big Bo Hoff, says, which happens first? The alien, uh, existence of aliens confirmed or the Brewers win a World Series? What do you think, Mr. Baseball? Man. Well, <laughs> if the Brewers don't win a World Series by 2024... They're going to go through another rebuild, most likely. Because let me tell you this. The U.S. government, a couple of months ago, just released all the videos and the witnesses of unidentified aerial phenomenons. You could go look it up, and you can fi- see videos of these technology of things we've never seen before, zipping around, disappearing, shooting out of oceans, et cetera, et cetera. That's out there. NASA's hiring a bunch of theologists to uh, help break the news to people. And then you have the Brewers, Rowdy, who have never won the World Series. Which happens first? Well, it's kind of like all of the alien stuff they've been pushing the last year and a half to two years. It seems like it's more and more. And we know how, especially in, I'll say the COVID era, 
Yeah. Stuff moves pretty quick, right? It does. Like something is one thing and then a week later it's another. Mm-hmm. So one day you're a science denier, the next day you trust the science, the next day you're a science denier again. And, and like then, I, then the next day you're motivated by science. And like I said, if the Brewers don't win a World Series by 2024, they're probably going to have to go through a, somewhat of another rebuild here. And now the Brewers are moving fast with those arms. They got, as hopefully the USA is uh, stocking up an arsenal of arms to take down maybe a, a threat of alien invasion, the Brewers are stocking up with an arsenal of arms. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. Yeah, and there is another... Josh Hader, Devin Williams. There is another election in 2024. I'm going to go with, if you get either of them, I'm going to go with the aliens. <laughs> Aliens, the the confirmation of aliens more likely than a Brewers World Series? Yeah, because I think that would come out before 2024. I agree. I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I think the confirmation of aliens happens before a Brewers World Series. And that, if you think about it, in 2024, that World Series would be taking place at the end of October, beginning of November. Yeah, November, in 2024. I, I would go with aliens. You heard it here for uh, you heard it here first, folks. The confirmation of aliens happens before a Brewers World Series. Let's go to the phones. ET, is that you? Yes. I can't <laughs> believe you're talking about aliens after I talked to you already. This is Tommy. Oh, hey Tommy. I thought it was I ET can't for a second. You came in with aliens after I called you, man. <laughs> well, Tommy, just it happened organically. Sorry. Okay, but first of all, I was a whole big rap. But then when you started talking about is it them or the Brewers, you put a knife through my heart, man. <laughs> so, Tom, you're a gigantic Brewers fans. Uh, yes. Fan, aliens or Brewers? World Series, which happens first? Well, the aliens are already here, and the ships that they're seeing are just supplying the people that are running the world who are lizard aliens. So I've just yes! all the conspiracies. It's true. I, so, I'm not saying you're wrong. The, um, this is awesome. This is awesome. So many radio. years ago, they had the aliens landed, and they get all the people all happy and everything, and they started taking them on the ships and everything, and they'd handed them this big book, like a gigantic Bible kind of book, sure. in their language. And so the smart guys are figuring out, translating it, and they come running up to the people on the, in line of the ship. They say, we figured out what it is. It's called the Serve Man. And they go, cool. And they go, no, it's a cookbook. <laughs> There's Outer Limits. Awesome. Oh, dude, I remember that. Dude, I love the Outer Limits, Tommy. That was, that was awesome. Anyway, the aliens are here. They're running the world. That's what our problem is, and they're lizards. And so we've got to heat the world up a little bit for them and then cool it off real quick, and all, their eggs will freeze. Tom, I couldn't have said it better myself. You're the man. Thank you, bye. See you, bye. God, I love this show. I love this show. I don't. I love this. Think this Tom, is this is how sports talk radio should be. I don't think Tom has Twitter, but I think he would vote for aliens first. Yeah, well, they're already here, according to Tom. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he's got to be aliens first. There it is. We have figured out the problems of the world. We already are run by aliens. So there you go. Blizzard aliens. All right, Rowdy. I just I had to bring it up. I didn't know we'd take this turn, but here we are, and I absolutely love it. Zach Heilprin, I won't ask him that. He'll probably roll his eyes and hang up the phone, but he will join us at 9 o'clock to talk about the Las Vegas Bowl as I am staring at this picture of Paul Christ um, by two very attractive showgirls that are wearing what maybe aliens would wear. I don't even know how to describe it. And then Herm Edwards. But, Rowdy, when it comes to the Las Vegas Bowl, (laughs) I love you, Tommy. You are the man, dude. When it comes to the Las Vegas Bowl, so uh, yesterday we were wondering out loud, you know, COVID, we heard a little scuttlebutt that there was a COVID problem with the Wisconsin Badger football team. Now, Zach Heilprin, our sports director who's out there, uh, had tweeted out that uh, running backs coach Gary Brown is not there, but that's non-COVID related. Garrett Groshek is actually coaching the running back position. 
uh, fullback John Chanel. Here's the thing, though. He now the school UW is not allowed to comment on which players uh, have positive COVID tests or close contacts or whatever. Like they don't have to say anything. But fullback John Chanel is not there. It's believed because of COVID. And then defensive lineman Matt Henningsen is also not there, believed because of COVID. But an on-field assistant coach uh, was also missing from practice. But another coach had said that uh, Henningsen will probably be back, or UW official, excuse me, would be expected to fly out to join the team before the game. And John Chanel is not expected to be available. And did you hear anything? I mean, you heard more, I thought, on, on Twitter yesterday about little COVID outbreak, but apparently it's just these two starters. Yeah. So the scuttlebutt on Twitter was that the offensive line running backs and receivers could be affected. Now I heard and saw that people had Kendrick Pryor practicing. They had Danny Davis practicing. Jim Ray DK was there. Well, that's your top. Oh, and uh, Jack Dunn. That, that's your top. What? Four out of five ish receivers, yeah. maybe four out of four. Yeah. So it doesn't seem that the bigger names at receiver are affected. Then at running back, maybe the running back rumors, you know how you play the game of telephone. Yeah. You start with something and it ends with something else. Mm-hmm. Maybe that running back room, it happened to just be the coach. Because yeah. it appears which is that, non-COVID related, I guess. Yeah, it appears that the top three guys that they played with are there. in Minnesota are there. Yeah. And I think it's pretty cool that Garrett Groshek was hired on to, uh, you know, kind of hold down that position temporarily as, you know, Gary well, Brown's out, not there. He was out in Las Vegas. Yeah. Because he was, I think he was on the practice squad for the Raiders for a while. Did you see he brought back the mullet haircut? Did you see that picture? I didn't. Very slick. Very slick. And then at the offensive line, it looks like they're going to have two guys out, but it's injury related, not COVID related. Yeah. And maybe that was, again, playing like a game of telephone. Oh, they're out. Maybe it's COVID because there's a COVID outbreak. Blah 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 at Madison. No, it turns out they're just hurt. Yeah. So all five of Wisconsin starting linemen are in Vegas. Only three of them practiced yesterday. Tyler Beach was at left tackle. Uh, Seltzner at left guard. Jack Nelson at right guard. But uh, Joe Tipman, the center, and the right tackle Logan Bruss were only observers at practice. And I think another one thrown in there who's a backup is Logan Brown, was also probably going to be out with an injury. Yes, and we'll talk more about it with Zach coming up here um, in about ten minutes. No, nine o'clock. Oh, is he nine o'clock? Hour? Yeah, nine o'clock. It's see, we're two hours ahead of Vegas. Oh, and Zach's a nighttime guy. He's not a morning guy. So I, I asked him. I'm like, hey, what would be a good time for you, Mister uh, Mister Grumpy Pants in the morning? He's like, let's do nine. I'm like, okay. Well, now since we're talking about all the pl- Badger players that are out, also. Colin Wilder, this was the one that was known for a long time. Yeah, he's done. Done with an injury. I mean, that's disappointing, especially for how his season and career technically ended with the targeting call, which that's a whole nother conversation. Which was stupid. In Minnesota. But you look at Arizona State. Arizona State's got their two best running backs that are going to be out. One's declaring for the NFL draft, and one put himself in the transfer portal. Yeah. that That's two big hits for their ground game. And then you look at the fact that they have two of their top corners sitting out, both opting to uh, well, de- either declare for the draft or they are transferring. It didn't really say for those two, but that's their top two corners. And then they also will be having a linebacker out. And it, it's a guy that had 68 tackles 
eight and a half tackles for a loss and two sacks with three interceptions. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's got to be a pretty good linebacker. Yeah, I think so. So so they have a lot of people out. Yeah, you, you're missing your top two running backs, you're missing your top two corners, and you're missing a solid linebacker. That's a lot for Arizona State. And I think it's kind of weird because when you look at what Wisconsin and, and Arizona was lined at at the beginning – was Wisconsin was favored by seven, seven and a half. Yeah. That has now come down to Wisconsin minus six. What we've oh, heard. Oh, minus six Yeah, now? what we've heard wow. from Zach Heilprins of the world, other reporters, and or the Wisconsin Twitter feeds mm-hmm. with pictures of players, it doesn't really seem like there is a ton of COVID issues that are going to affect no. the bigger name players on Wisconsin. No. Arizona State, however, has some good players out. Not because of COVID. Doesn't just make sense why that line is going down for Wisconsin. Maybe it was because of the rumors, I guess, on Wisconsin, and they don't know who's officially going to be out until I believe it's, isn't it like 24 hours yeah, before the game? Yeah. They don't have to tell so right maybe then. we'll know at um, Wednesday night at 930. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know you'll is. be up, Rowdy, uh, you know, scanning the, uh, the, the lines, that's for sure. But yeah, to your point, yeah, it's it'll be interesting. So yeah, it's not like Arizona State doesn't have anyone out. No, And it looks like for Wisconsin, they're getting better news by the day, especially if they say Matt Henningsen is going to uh, rejoin the team, hopefully. No doubt about it. Uh, all right, 608-321-1670, Twitter Zone Madison. Um, before we hit the break here, also where we kind of started this segment, what happens first? The confirmation of aliens or the Brewers win a World Series? Nelly and myself both going with the, <laughs> the confirmation of aliens happening first. As I think that election in 2024 definitely will have to do something with it, Rowdy. Like, uh, I don't know. We'll see. But the Brewers and their arms race that they have their stockpiling uh, looking pretty good. You're just going to have to get, uh, you know, some bats and the MLB not to be locked out. You're looking at the Milwaukee Brewers and all the arms that they pretty much have stockpiled through 2024. Pretty much every name that you saw pitch that was good, except for Josh Hader, is locked up through 2024. And Hater has uh, another year on that contract, or another year after this upcoming who's the, year. Who's the guy that got right before the lockout again? Um, the hell was that dude's name? Remember they got a guy, they traded JBJ? Oh, Hunter Renfro? Yeah, Renfro. That's, yeah, so that's well, nice. I was going to say, you look at all the arms that they have, they're stockpiling arms. You called it an arm race. And then you look at that offense in the uh, the playoffs, it's definitely a cold war. <laughs> Well, Bats couldn't hit anything. Definitely got a cold ton of war. arms. A lot of talk. A mm. lot of talk in that Cold War rowdy. Not a lot of action. Mm. Here's the thing. It was an arms race between, you know, hopefully the USA stockpile a bunch of arms to take down the alien invasion that's, you know, impending and maybe getting Will Smith back in shape. Well, I think the and then also the better, Brewers stockpile. Yeah, they better arms. pump the brakes for other other uh, countries. They couldn't even get past Atlanta. <laughs> And those are countries. We're talking about other worldly beings coming in here. Extraterrestrials coming in. So, yeah. Brewers. I hope that lot. What's your, what's your gut, uh, before we hit break here, what's your gut telling you about this lockout? And, I mean, there's a whole topic, a whole different segment, but real quick, what's, the, what's it telling you for the lockout? I'll tell you things I've seen from other sports writers on Twitter. It's been a wide range of things. One saying, now this isn't, this isn't um, very many people, but I did see a couple that thought, it would get done before February. I'm not on that train. No. 
And then I saw people that said they think it'll get done shortly after the Super Bowl. So mid-February. And then I saw other people saying, no, I think this gets done right before spring training. And they cut spring training down to three weeks. Those, those are the three, uh, I guess, takes I've seen online. The third take I can is probably the most realistic. All right, Roddy. So when it comes to the Milwaukee Brewers, we'll get to the Packers coming up. We'll get to the, the um, Badgers coming up here as well. When it comes to the Milwaukee Brewers, though, Rowdy, obviously they're in a lockout. But they have been doing some things some thangs before the lockout happened. The Brewers, Rowdy, thank you, thank you, David Stearns, for somehow getting someone to trade away or take away, I should say, Jackie Bradley Jr. and getting Hunter or Renfro. Incredible, right? Yeah, it was wild. And you look at all of the stuff that the Brewers did actually a ton of stuff before the lockout became official. Yes. And... We know that Manny Pena won't be back. He signed a, actually a really good deal for him in Atlanta. You can't yeah, blame he went to the, the guy. Braves, man. Ring chasing. Come on, Manny. Also, players that elected for free agency that were some names. Brad Boxberger. He had a pretty good season as a you know a setup guy for the Brewers. Daniel Norris, who they traded for, but they knew that was a rental. You also had Brett Anderson, who was kind of starting to become like your sixth starter. Eduardo Escobar, guy that was playing first and third for him. Hunter Strickland also elected free agency. Like those were some of the big names. Sure. But then you look at uh, what the what the Brewers did once they kind of got into some free agency. They traded for uh, what was it, Mike Brousseau from the Tampa Bay Rays. I actually like this move because Brousseau had had some two seasons where he's playing part time with the Rays and, and played decently well. Now coming off of a bad year. But also, he's a guy that can play first, second, third, he, corner outfield. get him everywhere, man. He, yeah, he's a versatile guy that can play all over. Mr. Versatility. Coming off a cheap year, they got him for practically nothing. Yeah. They got him for a minor league reliever that's not on any prospect list. Probably didn't really have much of a future. That I, th- I think that could be a guy that could play a versatile role down the stretch. Then you look at some of the other positions that uh, the Brewers had to take care of. You lose Manny Pena. Well, what are you going to do? You had Mario Feliciano, who's a top 10 prospect and a guy that I think the Brewers probably thought would be their future catcher. Well, last season he was out with injury for the majority of the season, and then he struggled when he tried to come back in AAA. Young kid at 23, but what did they do? They go out inside Pedro Severino, who's a veteran catcher, and Brett Sullivan, who's been a guy that kind of been back and forth between AAA and uh and the big leagues think that kind of told you what they're going to do. Yeah. They're going to see which guy between Sullivan and Severino can hit and play better. And that's going to be your backup for obviously Nomar uh, or Omar Nervais, who is on a one more year with the Brewers with uh, arbitration. Sure. But then you look at December and December is where that was the trade. I love the trade. And then th- they literally did it right before the, it got locked It out. was literally like, like an, hour, an before. hour before lockout. They traded Hunter Renfro Thank for you. Jackie Bradley Jr. and two prospects. Well, the two prospects, both of them. One's, one's a Wisconsin guy. Yeah, both of them didn't really have defensive positions in the in the field, and they're hitting. Now, one was had better numbers hitting than the other, but both of them were projected not to really have a position in the field, and that kind of hurts you in the NL when you – don't have a DH. Yeah. And 
one of the guys that played shortstop profiled the second base and he's not going to be a DH anyways because he doesn't hit for power. I love the trade because if you really go through it, Jackie Bradley Jr. was going to make $9.5 million it was this a, year. It was a player option, right? No, no, no. $9.5 million this year. He signed a two-year deal no, with was, the Brewers with a player option was yeah, the, the third year. Oh, the third year? Oh, my God, was the player option. So Hunter Hunter Renfro this year is going to make an arbitration about $7.5 million. Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to make $9.5 million this year. So you're saving $2 million already. On that for trade. a guy that couldn't hit anything, exactly. And next year, Renfro's got a cannon on him too. Where it's a mutual option for Jackie Bradley Jr. with the Red Sox, if they say, "Well, Jackie, you hit 160 again this year. You're absolutely awful. We don't want to pick you up." It's an eight million dollar buyout. <laughs> Jesus. So he would have cost you eight million dollars in 2023 for a guy that hit. What did he hit? Like two thirty-seven or something? It like was that? terrible. But Renfro, he's a guy that's under contract for two more seasons, this year and next. It's going to be reasonable, and he's coming off his best year. And like you said, in the outfield, Avisel Garcia, we oh my talked God. about this he, before. Rowdy, he was hitting 163. Yeah, he was awful. Holy sh... Sorry. And, like, you look at Woo. Hunter Renfro coming off his best year. Cannon. Said he figured some stuff out with his swing Cannon. and his approach. And on top of it, they lost Avisel Garcia. We talked about that before I was gone. Mm-hmm. Avisel Garcia had one of his best seasons. Hunter Renf- Renfro pretty much matched that. And they're essentially close to the same player. Avisel Garcia, when he lost that weight, became a better outfielder where he was, I think, slightly above average. Hunter Renfro is slightly below average in the outfield, but he has a cannon for an arm, just like Avisel Garcia had. Dude. So his throwing is going to be right there. And then he's going to have help because you have Lorenzo Kane in the outfield. That is obviously a plus defender. Christian Yelich will be in left. And you still have... I got a funny Yelly story for you. You still have uh, Tyrone Taylor, who is a little above a plus defender uh, as like your fourth guy. But then you look at some of the other little moves that uh, Stearns has made where no one's really talking about it at all. David Dahl, he was invited to... Uh, Spring training as a non-roster invite. That guy had two stud. Uh, he was a stud prospect for the Colorado Rockies when they had Carlos Gonzalez, when they had uh, Charlie Blackman at his peak, and they had Holiday, yeah, former man. Cardinal. There was no way he was breaking in there. He came up, you know, kind of struggled. Had two de- decent seasons, probably, I think it was 16, 17. Or maybe it was 17, 18. I don't remember. I don't have it off the top of my head. But he had two decent seasons in the big leagues, and then it's kind of fallen off. I love that move because it's a, a low risk, high reward type yeah. move with a guy with a ton of ability. And then you saw, I think it was in mid December, they signed a bunch of uh, minor league players to minor league contracts. Mm-hmm. And a ton of those guys were kind of like some of the guys that they've signed lately. They've had a lot of. Uh, they were high big time prospects that have kind of struggled once they got to the big leagues, but have shown that they had a ton of talent. Again, a lot of low risk, high, high reward, reward type signings. And so, yeah, they've been locked out. So there's no rule five draft. The Brewers really don't have any prospects that were uh, eligible for rule five that were worth anything to protect. Sure. Brewers already put in that they weren't going to protect anyone. And then I don't know if you saw this, but they had the, because it's all only major league players. They had the minor league rule five. Yeah. So you can select um, <clears throat> any of those players that were available on that list. 
and you can assign them to anywhere. And did you see who they actually grabbed? Who they grabbed? Caleb Bushley. Ooh. Who actually? Bad and Bushley. He actually pitched at UWL. Oh, I know you love that UWL. The, the, you know some guys. Yeah, there. He, he pitched at lacrosse. I actually played against him in intramural basketball and football. <laughs> friend of a friend of friends, right? A buddy's friend's cousin's brother's sister. He was cousin. he was like one of the most decorated UWL players in intramurals. No, for baseball. Just kidding. And, Who won uh, in intramurals? Though I'm more intrigued by that. You actually, one and one in flag football. Wow. Basketball, our team was awful. I think you would expect that. Oh, yeah, it's intramurals. And then, uh, but yeah, they actually selected him. Played pretty well from low A all the way up through double A. Had a uh, higher record in a small sample size in triple A, but uh, kind of a cool story just because he was a UWL yeah, guy is... and he's originally from Hortonville. That's nice. And speaking of uh, UWL, Brian Gutekunst, right? Our guy Steve just hit me up. He goes, we are blessed to have excellent GMs with our pro teams. Stearns, Horst, Goody, three of the best. As a small market, this quality of personnel management allows us to compete with the larger markets for championships. For sure, and you look oh, at definitely. that. You look at that Brewers offense. You're going to have Omar Narvaez on his final year of arbitration. First base will most likely be Rowdy Telez, and uh, we'll see what Keston Hira can bring them. Now that Mom is cancer free, a lot of his there you go, Castetti. A lot of his stuff that he was going through off the field won't be there. It's kind of subsided a little bit, so that's nice. We'll see what he can do. Let's we'll see what Christian Yelich can do. Yeah, I'm not ready to give up on Keston here. I think this is his make it or break it season. So for Christian Yelich, obviously that's you know his contract goes into play this coming year, right? This is when he starts getting yeah, paid it, big money. It kicks into 26 million a year. So Rowdy, at Christmas, I had a white, ele- you know, white elephant, and my brother Doogie uh, said, "I have a present under there that I really want you to get." I ended up getting it. I'll tell you what I got. I got a Christian Yelich bobblehead from 2018. I need to bring it into the studio because I think that could be some good juju. So Doogie, uh, in 2018, I wouldn't sell it yet. No, 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 get rid of it yet. It's, it's in this package. I'm going to bring it in the studio tomorrow. I was, I was going to do it today, but I forgot it um, on my countertop. But Rowdy, Doogie said he had eight tickets on Christian Yelich Bobblehead Day. He had eight tickets, and four of his friends ended up bailing on him. So it was him and three others, and he had four extra tickets. And he was up there on Christian Yelich Bobblehead Day. They got there early so he could get his bobbleheads. And Doogie's like, man, Yelly's on a tear. Yelly's, you know, crazy good. I bet you I could end up selling these bobbleheads for a bunch of money. So what does he do? He goes to uh, the turnstile, and he said, "Hey, I got four extra tickets. My friends, um, you know, couldn't come. Could I just get, you know, give you these tickets and I get the four extra Christian Yelich bobbleheads?" And the guy goes, "I mean, yeah, but you got to keep wa- you got to leave and then come back through every time. You got to go through the turnstile every time to get the bobblehead." So Doogie took his ticket and then four others, goes in, scans his ticket, goes to the turnstile, goes to the metal detectors, get waved, gets his bobblehead, turns back around. Goes, leaves the concourse, comes back in, gives him his ticket, goes to the turnstile, goes to the metal detector, gets, you know, wanded, and gives the <laughs> the bobblehead. The dude did it five times. That's how we, that's that's the how they ended up giving him the bobbleheads. They just didn't scan the tickets and give it to him. They made him go through the turnstiles and the metal detector five times to get five Christian Yelich bobbleheads. So the dude thought to himself, I'm going to sell these. For big money, I'm just going to hang on to him. Well, Rowdy, I just got one for White Elephant. That's the bobblehead market for Christian Yelich right now. You give them away to family members. Yeah, as of right now, that, White Elephant gifts. That peak selling moment would have been September of 19. <laughs> Doogie, you hung on too long with him.
but to finish the like the the oh, Brewers for next season, like we talked about the first base with Kira and Telez. Mm-hmm. Obviously, second base you have Colton Wong for a couple more years. Shortstop Adamas is under contract till twenty four. Third base most likely Arias. He's under contract for twenty four. Outfield you still have a good defender in Lorenzo Kane in center. You have Hunter Renfro, who, if he can play up to the ability of last season, actually outperforms Avisel Garcia. Little worse defensively, but probably a better arm. And then there's Yelly in left. Go and Yelly. then you essentially have the exact same pitching staff, except for I'm sure that uh, when the lockout ends, David Stearns will find more Boxberger esque type relief pitchers. We're talking like. 30 plus years old, but have had success in the past, and then somehow he flips them and makes them uh, a throwback to what they were. It's incredible. Life is back on sports betters, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800 792 3887. That's 800 79 BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code TheZone125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. I myself love me some Elvis. I've always loved Elvis. Love the sideburns, love the hair. My favorite version of Elvis is when he got really fat and was in uh, that one-piece, like, gold and white jumpsuit with the big rhinestone glasses in Las Vegas. And he's just sweating everywhere, trying to perform on stage. That's my favorite version of Elvis. We now go to Las Vegas, where even better than Elvis, the Elvis Presley of the zone, the king of Wisconsin sports. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Our sports director, Zach Halpert, good morning. That was really good. That That was really good. I'm an Elvis really man. Good. I pound uh, peanut butter and banana sandwiches, uh, deep fried, obviously. So good. Yeah. How did uh, how'd you guys how did uh, you guys uh, measure the snow? Did you send Nelson out there or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just looked at the news channel. That's oh, okay. That, that, so, right. I didn't mean to laugh that hard, Nelly, but that was all the snow is basically gone. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I wanted to make like a, a joke about the si- the snow and the size or something, but I didn't. Yeah, you know, two and, I'm, and a half, yeah, two and a half inches or something like that. Yeah, it works. It works. It's a family program though, so I didn't. Oh, sorry. I was I was clearly talking about its height. No, no. Um, I I was just talking getting a ruler and just measuring. You know, so oh, okay. I think that's what you're okay. talking about. Gotcha. gotcha. Or uh, the size and then of measure it. the size and of Elvis's platform you know. shoes when he was out there uh, cutting right. little road. Uh, yeah, look out, great. man. All right, so, yeah. Zach, have you seen any Elvis impersonators? It's actually 13.2, just ask Cartman. <laughs> I, uh, I, have, I have not seen any Elvis impersonators. What? Yeah, saw some show, saw some showgirls last night. Yeah. But, uh, why didn't you get a selfie with them? They're pretty good looking. Yeah. yeah All right, I'll just move I'm on prob- from that question. Sorry. No, no, no. I think I'm probably less comfortable in that situation than Paul Christ and, and he didn't look very comfortable. I was so, going to say like something in that picture yeah. seems out of place like Herm Edwards got like looking like Roy Williams with that you know that plaid suit and he's, yeah. he's used to the limelight right then you got the Las Vegas Bowl trophy which has got that well I'm going to ask you about that guy who was on it for a second but then you got Paul Chris like Paul Chris like embodies the Wisconsin dad like you'll, you'll catch him at a grill or at like a right. fish fry you know it's like he's like a Wisconsin dad so he seems a little out yeah. of place in that picture. Yeah, he, he he it didn't feel very comfortable. It, it didn't feel comfortable. But hey, he did it. He did it. It was all good. Yeah, I mean it's a great picture, Zach. Um, speaking of uncomfortable, I'm gonna rip this off like a band aid. 
COVID issues obviously running rampant of like everywhere for sports. When it comes to Wisconsin, though, um, what's the scuttlebutt for the COVID issues for the Badgers? Yeah, so there were a lot of rumors uh, about Wisconsin being in a lot of trouble COVID-wise. Uh, you know, guys missing on the offensive line, a bunch of running backs missing. They're actually, and again, in the age of COVID, anything can change in three days. Three, eight, three days is an eternity. But right now they seem to be doing pretty good. They're only missing currently two start two starters, um, Matt Henningsen and John Chanel. And we're expecting Matt Henningsen to show up here the next day before next day or two before the game. So he should be able to play. Not expecting John Chanel uh, to be here. So uh, it appears his Wisconsin career is done. Uh, unfortunately, not going to be able to play in his final game. Um, so uh, now again, the, this this may change with. Uh, the CDC and you know, the colleges yeah. changing how Zach, they. How, I don't know if you read. Uh, they're motivated by science now. Their words, not mine. Motivated by science. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they uh, they may he may he may show up. I don't know if that's going to change anything. I asked yesterday if that would change anything, and UW was not. Uh, they can't comment on whether a player has covered or not, so they didn't really have an answer for me on that. Um, like, could you say like, but, hey, wink twice if it's COVID or once if it's not? Right. Right. I mean, he's not here. He's not. He's not injured. He is, you know, it's pretty obvious why he's not there. So either way, or not here, I should say. But we'll see if anything changes. But yeah, for otherwise, relatively, relatively, considering what uh, the rumors are out there, they're doing pretty good. All the other, every other starter is is at least here. Um, and cool. a lot of, I don't think there are a lot of uh, any key guys missing either in the backups uh, or in the in the depth either. So Zach, where are I'm um, looking at your Twitter account, which is mm, phenomenal at Zach Heilprin. Mm. Where are they practicing? Is this like a high school field I'm looking at here in this video? <laughs> it is. It's a ridiculous high school field. Um, the uh, it's Bishop Gorman High School. It's it's on the outskirts, about 25 no, minutes. Are they not affiliated? Sorry to interrupt. They're not a, affiliated with Bishop Sycamore, are they? They are not. Okay, good. they are. They are. They are legit. Uh, their their <laughs> field is named after, uh, I believe, the guy that owns the Houston Rockets. Um, he has uh, put a lot of money, I believe, into the. Into the program, but it, their their campus is huge. It's it's ridiculous. Um, it is as nice as anything that I've seen in Wisconsin. Better than anything I've seen in Wisconsin mm. in terms of a high school. So yeah, they're out there practicing, and um, it's a really, really, really nice field. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, this cool little landscape in the background too, surrounded by some like yeah. cool desert the mountains. mountains. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty really badass. Cool. And the color scheme, you know, you got the the field itself is really cool. All right, so Zach, when it comes to the Las Vegas Bull itself, so everyone is there. Gert Groshek then is coaching the running backs. Yes, is that is that what I'm reading as well? Yeah. So Thomas Brown, or excuse me, Gary Brown, the uh, running backs coach, is dealing with a bit of an illness um, and uh, non non COVID illness, but he's not with the team right now. They think he might be able to rejoin them. So. Uh, at some point before Thursday, we'll see if that's the case or not. But until then, Garrett Groshek is the is the coach, uh, former running back who just finished his career last year. Obviously, had a, a stint in the off season with uh, Las Vegas, and then uh, was on the Minnesota practice squad for for a couple days. He was back at practice one day, and Paul Chris, like uh, you know, you maybe want to stick around uh, for you know a couple days, maybe a week, and it's turned into now him uh, doing this. Now that's cool. It, he's got the mullet I mean, back he too. Knows, What's up? He's got the mullet yeah, back. Yeah, he's got too. the mullet back. Yeah, too. So he he I mean he knows the he knows exactly what they're doing. It's not really a huge, you know, put like change for anybody. Like he knows exactly what's going on. He's trying to coach the position, he's trying to 
be that extra hand, give some tips here and there. But it's nice that Wisconsin has that ability. They've, they've been able to bring guys back, whether it's Jack Sitchie or Chris Orr, like, and help at these positions, um, guys just being back in town and, and willing to give their time. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us now live from Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas, my friend. So also on your Twitter account, and I saw Ben Kenny tweeted you last night over this. I had the chuckle. Is Paul Chris also cutting his teeth as a pass rusher? Do I see him rushing the quarterback here? What's What was more awkward, him doing that or him posing with the showgirls? Oh, that's good, too. Yikes. I'm full of good uh, questions. Yeah, neither. Just wait till I ask you the Brewers it, one. It is, it's a little over uh, – yeah, I'm going to say he was a little more uncomfortable with the showgirls, but uh, <laughs> you know, his his as Ben he had Ben asked like what his get off was like, and uh, it didn't for the showgirls. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> uh, it, it was he, quick. His, his get <laughs> his, his get off was was uh, he was quicker with the showgirls than he was with. Uh, He's like, get me out of here. I'm uh, done with the pass with the yeah. pass rusher. Um, you know, the the thing about um, Paul is like I think there there are some conversations this, this offseason whether he's going to you know continue to be the play caller and, and whether he's going to bring in a new guy to, to, to run the offense. I'm of the belief that he probably won't, but I, but if he does that, I ask, you know, what other, what does he do? Well, what does he, what does he bring to the equation if he's not doing those things? And I think we may have found something for him there. Uh, perhaps uh, working <laughs> with the pass rushers. Uh, he's got great form. Uh, I mean, he's got to, he's got to yeah. get a little more speed, but yeah, he's looking right. Looking pretty good yeah, there. Yeah, so mm-hmm. so it's very, very, very realistic of what Graham Mertz is probably going to feel Thursday. Well, that's where I was, right where I was going with great minds thinking like Zach. Uh, when it comes to the Sun Devils, the Arizona State side of things, um, last time we had talked about their two top rushers, uh, you know, running backs are out. Uh, what else does it look like? Rowdy, did you say there's a linebacker? Out yeah, as well? linebacker and two like, corners. What's going on with the Sun Devils? I feel like the I feel like they don't really care to be here. To be honest with you, we we uh, so they brought. Graham Mertz, Theon Hicks, and Paul Christ up into that this, this legacy club yesterday at, at Circa to be interviewed, and then uh, also um, uh, Herm Edwards and a couple of his players, and a couple of him and a couple of his players barely talked to anybody. Like they, there's very little excitement for them to be here. Obviously, there's not a huge excitement level for Wisconsin to be here either. But I think Wisconsin actually is is excited to play in the game. It felt like Arizona State, uh, in listening to Herm Edwards talk, like they. Uh, they, they did he there, say there you play to win the game? Of, Did he say you play to win not, the game? Yeah, you play to win the game, but there's it doesn't feel like there's a whole like usually he's a very upbeat and he just it just didn't feel that way yesterday. So I I mean he he knows what they're facing. A lot of opt outs, a lot of uh, uh transfer portal guys. Um so I I have not been able to keep up with all their guys coming and going. Uh, I'm sure Ben uh has a list, detailed list yeah, he that, gives he, me a thumbs that up. he that he's keeping up all the time. So but yeah, I'm mean, great. I think it's Wisconsin. well. Here, what would you rather be, Ben, with a list or Zach Halpern chasing around so, uh, showgirls? Well, I think we only have answered that one. Showgirls. But, uh, yes, yes, of course. No, I, there, there is a lot. Uh, that I mean, Wisconsin wants to play in this game. Wisconsin wants to win this game. There's a lot of motivation. No one is opting out of this thing, and uh, that is certainly not the case for Arizona State. I think there's one team that's a lot more motivated to be here, and it's not, it's not the Sun Devils. Yeah, so maybe Paul Chris should say, "You play to win the game, and you appreciate the yeah. opportunity." So, can you imagine him? Can you imagine him ever saying something interesting like that? It'll be, "You appreciate the opportunity." It'd be something like that <laughs> in like uh, her yeah. voice. So, Zach, right, um, out there in Las Vegas, what's 
you know, obviously a different kind of living than here in Wisconsin when we got two and a half inches of snow. You out there? What's the weather like? What's what's Zach Halpern been up to out there in Las Vegas? Well, I I got in. I didn't get in until nine thirty yesterday morning, and then went straight to practice, and then came came back to the hotel, and then went back out to Circa, and then came home. It was a long day, so I didn't really I hadn't really explored Vegas to an extent, but that probably will change today. Unfortunately, it's raining uh, this morning, which mm-hmm. you just doesn't happen very often but yeah it's raining and it's like 45 degrees so i feel like uh, that's perfect for a nice little dip at circa at least in the hot tub right you brought a swimsuit yeah you would i did not you would because i actually i I looked at it the temperature's not supposed to get above it's all right i get it you're a boxer short guy Yep. Mm-hmm. Nelson, you would have loved this sports book at the Circa. It was insane. It's it's huge, like the biggest TV screen I've ever seen. It's like a movie screen times three, um, and, and people were just going crazy. It was awesome. Circa's the new awesome. one, right, Rody? Yeah. Go, yeah. I may go back there. I may go back there tonight because it was it was fantastic. It opened in twenty twenty. Um, it looks awesome. Oh yeah, dude. That's, yeah. This place is sick. It, it it was awesome. It was awesome. Is there a lot of people um, there? Yes, and un- unfortunately, like this this one is downtown. It's on Fremont Street, which is kind of like old Vegas, but it was, uh, <coughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a uh, good thing. It's raining the dust that the, the desert get to you a little bit there, Zach. So you haven't placed a bet yet. Yeah. Can you, can, I, can I you place have, bets No, I haven't. Like our, some, the, the hotel I'm staying at has like this little puny casino. Hey, and, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't sports book shame. Don't casino shame. I'm casino shaming and sports book shaming. Uh, there's like three <laughs> tables and like, uh, four screens for the, so basically, the, uh, like a Wisconsin bar. It is essentially a Wisconsin bar. Yeah. Don't shame it. Uh, the, with, the, the, with, the little ones need loving too. With legal betting, yes. I mean that's that's essentially what this place is. I kind of like the allure of illegal betting. It makes me feel alive a little bit, Zach. Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. So, so I mean, when it comes to all the sights and sounds leading up to the game, like obviously there's practices. Is there anything else going on for the team and my man Zach Halprin? I am. I am told that uh, this this was. From somebody at UW, the the, uh, the bowl here not overly well put together. Um, so not a, not a, not a ton of stuff going on, especially media wise. Like we don't have anything today for media. We'll have a, a coaches press conference Time tomorrow. To and the game on Thursday. Yeah, I mean this is today. Today may be the the day to get out and, and see things and and go around. I've been here before, but I haven't been here in a while. So I'm kind of want to just go down the strip and walk up and down and and go into a variety of places and, and see uh, see all the sites, but. Yeah, it is. There's not a ton, a ton of media availability after yesterday. Yesterday we got to see practice, got to see, uh, got to talk to a few guys, but for the most part, it's uh, just the press conference tomorrow and the game on Thursday, and then coming home. So, and <laughs> you know what? I'm actually glad that we sent you out there. Yeah, because Rowdy and I were talking. Last time we sent somebody out to a bowl game, it was the Rose Bowl. But if said person was sent to this location with this type of schedule, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it yeah. wouldn't have been good. Yeah, so we're glad you're out well, there, Zach. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've covered the last few bowl games, but uh, the, the the person that used to cover it before me, like there would have been – yeah, I, I wouldn't call it covering it either, though. So. Well, <laughs> yes, I, I – I, <laughs> Yes. All right. So, anyways, I mean, I'll say this. No, I'll say this. I'll say this. I can guarantee you, I will not be kicked out of my hotel. I can promise. <laughs> I can promise you that. 
Speaking of getting kicked out of hotel rooms, Rowdy and I were talking a little bit here of because we want to go next time if it's in Las Vegas, and we were going to yeah. bring you, obviously, and we want to bring Matt Bernstein, and we're thinking of like a hangover type of situation. I fancied myself for Bradley Cooper. Rowdy didn't really want to be the dentist with that Stu. Rowdy didn't want to be I Stu. I don't really fit that mold. So I kind of gave him more of the Mike Tyson because there's a little anger in him as well as the Mike Tyson. Mm. We gave you the Doug because we, we'd, we'd get you all messed up and throw you up on the roof, Zach. And then yeah, have to sure. rescue you later. And then we gave uh, yeah. Matt Bernstein. We'd want to bring along. We gave him the Allen role. Do you think that would fit? Okay. He does have a new about, one now. What about uh, <laughs> Ken? Who gets to play Ken? Oh, oh, well, I thought of that as Rowdy as well. But that, then, unbelievable. <laughs> then, then I imagine I didn't say it out loud until now. But I figured he like it, Matt. Well, we got Ben too. What would Ben be? Ben could be Ken. Yeah. That, oh, that'd be hilarious. No, to be completely honest, Ben feels more like Stu. Okay, Ben, Stu, Rowdy, then you're Ken? I, I'm not in the movie. <laughs> you could be... You're the tiger. Yeah, you're, you're the, the tiger. tiger. Yeah. All right, Zach, well, don't, you know, if you meet anyone named Doug and they're offering you any, you know, you know floories or roof, don't take those because we don't want you ended up on a hotel room locked out of, you know, covering the game, okay? That would have been amazing. But yeah, Actually, so I'll, I, I'll keep an eye out for it. I take that back. I want to be the, uh, the, wedding, the wedding chapel guy. Okay. Can we all agree that I'm Bradley Cooper in this situation? Uh, of course. <laughs> only, only, only you and ben your sh- ben shaking his head, and personality could could handle that one. Thank you, thank you, and Zach. Your greatness, and Zach. Before, I let... <laughs> all right, I'm glad we could all agree. Before I let you go, though, Zach, uh, real quick, and thanks for retweeting it yesterday. Packers, Browns, unlucky or a good team for your Green Bay Packers? Our Green Bay Packers. I believe you can't be luck. You can't luck into twelve and three. Thank you. Um, have they had some lucky moments? Of course, yes. But uh, still, pretty good team considering all the things that they've uh, been through injury-wise and and now COVID-wise. I think uh, I think they're they're a good team. I I don't know if they're the best team. But they're they're a good team. So I, I would certainly lean towards being a good team as opposed to being lucky. And how incredible would it be for Big Mike and We Them Boys, oh, yeah. America's team with America's coach, Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys, coming to Lambeau Field for an NFC Championship game? Oh my God! It would be amazing. And I and. Uh, I mean, I, I think your past membership in the Mike McCarthy fan club. And, and haven't role, posted in over a year, just FYI. As you say, and in your role, it would be amazing if you came in here and ended your boy's career in Green Bay. I mean, that that I mean that to me would be hilarious. Well, it would be incredible. But you know I'm Team Rogers. I know you're on Team Rogers. Uh, but I'm saying that to end, I mean, it would essentially end his time in Green Bay. It would kind of be poetic considering, you know, they ran him out of town and now he comes back. Beat them, goes to super. Like that'd be that'd be pretty impressive, yeah. um, and uh, kind of funny, just because of where you've come from in terms of your love for Rodgers now. After despite well, I've always after loved Rodgers after hating him for so long, and no, uh, no, no, accusing just, just... him of running Mike McCarthy out of town. Well, he did, and intention and intentionally throwing the game. Well, to get him out of town. No, well, he did. I mean, he didn't. But I mean, that it just it, nobody did it. It'd be chef's kiss. Rowdy? It'd be I a think chef's he did. kiss for, Rowdy, did he? for McCarthy to come back and, and, Listen, uh, Zach, and, did he? and Roger's time in Green Bay. Rowdy, did he? I don't know why he asked me. He doesn't listen to anything I say. But did he? <laughs> ben, did he, Rowdy? Uh, I think he did miss throws on purpose. Zach, that's two against one. We win. Zach, and also, <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, I did say uh, the, the great question I had for you earlier, last question, I promise, uh, so I can let you go gamble. Um, and I'm going to send you some money to put it on, on black for me. But before that, Zach, I asked him the question, which was more awkward, Paul Chris as a pass rusher or with the showgirls? And I said, wait till my Brewers question. Uh, we were just had a news of the weird today that NASA has hired 24 
theologists, uh, theologians, to discuss what it would mean if you know they were to tell everyone that aliens exist, what it means for the human race and how they'd freak out. And then someone had asked the question, which happens first? And you know, the government released all those videos and, and documents of the unidentified aerial phenomenons. I'm sure you saw it or heard me talking about it. But Zach, what happens first? Confirmation of aliens real or the Milwaukee Brewers win a World Series? <laughs> Haven't they already confirmed aliens are real? Didn't someone come out like the next last day or two and say they, they found uh, life on another planet? Well, I'm talking like the people that are flying the ships that they're releasing. You've seen the videos, right? Oh, oh. Uh, I'm going to go with the aliens. I'm going to go with the I'm So did we. The, yes. So did we. Yeah, I mean, it, that's because we, we are all very uh, skeptical about our uh, the teams in Wisconsin winning things. I mean, because it, it, it feels like, the, you know, the nut kick continuum. We thought the Bucks broke it, but... Uh, they just, they just they put it at bay for a bit, that's all. Yes, Exactly. So yeah, I'm, go- I'm going. I'm I'm going with aliens. Yeah, I think we'll we'll find out about aliens first before the Brewers win a World Series. All right, Zach. Uh, I will send you some money in a bit. I'm thinking all on cool. black. I got to think about it though. Rowdy's got some bets coming your way, and have have fun on your quote unquote off day in Vegas. Try to find an Elvis impersonator, please, for the love of God. And then uh, we'll talk uh, later this week. Yep, yeah, I'm gonna grab a picture for sure and send it to you guys. Thank you. We love you, Zach. All right, guys. Thank you, Nelson. Nelson, I always listen to you. Everything you say. Oh, yeah. Just with a grain of salt, right? <laughs> See you, buddy. Just with a skeptic's mind. Yep. See you guys. <laughs> all right. I had to pull up the hangover cast. Yeah, who would you be? We all know and I'm Bradley Cooper. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not Mr. Ben, Chow. You're, you're the dentist. Yeah. I'm definitely not Mr. Chow. Don't you? You give to Mary Heather Graham. She's smoke show. I'm a sub. I'm a teacher. Back I, home. I can't be... I don't think I can be Black Doug. I don't think I can be the dad, Alan's dad. Um, what a chow! It's got to be. It's got to be between uh, Eddie, the Who's guy Eddie? from the uh, chapel, oh, the, that yeah, married him, there. and they come back, or maybe Todd Phillips, who played the guy in the elevator. <laughs> ben, are you? Are you? Have you seen A? Have you seen The Hangover? Yes, I've seen. And B, are, why are you fighting off Stu? I don't know. He's a main integral part. I, you guys kind of look alike. Guy. What do you mean you're not a Stu guy? He marries Heather Graham. Uh, yeah, but she's kind of impossible to deal with. What? She's hot. Yeah. I guess you are a stepdad. Then. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Alan's looking. Alan's looking out for the kid. I'm sure you're not looking out for a kid. You I don't also want a kid. Like my teeth. Losing one's not a big deal. Yeah, they make veneers for that. Ben Stu. All right, or retainer <laughs> teeth. Mayfield keeps, launches down the middle, and he is picked. Intercepted by Darnell Savage. And an easy one with Donovan Peoples-Jones, the target. Third down and 19. Mayfield throws high and picked. Intercepted by Sullivan. And the second takeaway for this Packer defense. Mayfield throws, and he's picked for the third time, Rasul Douglas. They've converted on seven of their last nine third downs, and this one's picked. Intercepted as Douglas has got his second of the game. It just sucks to, to end it um, on another turnover when could have gotten us into field, field goal range and uh, sealed the game. Um, it just sucks that it, it all happened early and gave them extra points. Ho, ho, ho. Santi Baker Mayfield Claus delivering gifts to all the girls and boys of Lambeau Field. We welcome in Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. 
Good morning. You know, I I told Bill Michaels uh, on the post game show, man, the last time I had that much fun watching a guy wearing a number six throwing all those picks was when Jay Cutler was with the Bears. <laughs> There's Thank something you. about Lambeau Field, Mike, and the opposing quarterback just coughing up gifts. Feels good. I suppose, um, you know, I mean, Baker had been on the COVID list. Uh, there's some of these players you're hearing, too, that they're on the COVID list, and you think they're just sitting at home, but then they talk about how, yeah, you know, like day two, day three, I was having some symptoms, and I noticed, you know, I was kind of out of breath carrying laundry up and down the stairs. You know, if it was Taylor Heineke or somebody who said that, but, uh, you know, a little rusty. They fly him in on a private jet. They had a walkthrough uh, with the Browns and him at the team hotel about 9, 30, 11 o'clock before they started getting on the team buses and headed to the Lambeau and whatever. But, um, you know, but you know, don't take it away from a, a great physical play by Darnell Savage, you know, toe-to-toe and a yeah. bad judgment by uh, Baker Mayfield just launching one down there. Shannon Sullivan making a nice read. And, of course, Sue Douglas, man. Whether it was pass interference or not, he just seems to read these plays because he's watching the tape like crazy. And you talk to – and some of the people from Cleveland, some of the reporters, they're saying they don't – they wouldn't be surprised if the Browns move on from Baker Mayfield next season. Like they may already be in the – I saw a Twitter poll this morning from ESPN Cleveland, like whose fault is it, Mayfield's or Stefanski's? And it was like 80% Mayfield. Yeah. They're turning on him. He stinks. No, no, with Stefanski and – Alex Van Pelt over there and, you know, Bill Callahan, um, they think that's actually a pretty decent coaching staff. I don't think Jimmy Haslam is going to take it on them. Saw him in the elevator grumbling uh, after the loss. Big, tall guy with white hair, <laughs> the owner. Uh, and Stefanski was asked uh, about, you know, just how bad, obviously, the turnovers uh, hurt Cleveland against the Packers. You know, finish minus four in the turnover margin uh, versus a team that doesn't really turn the ball over. To be in a two-point game when we uh, didn't do a great job with the ball, you know, is really unfortunate. You know, with, with Baker, I know he had four interceptions, but listen, we win as a team, we lose as a team. Yeah, interesting. I know, uh, I think after the game, Miles Garrett also had some things to say um, tongue-in-cheek about uh, the turnover battle as well. He was not happy with Mayfield. No, no, not happy because, you know, uh, Miles Garrett was who sucked it up, you know, despite having a groin injury to get out there and play. I think the defense, the Browns' defense, thought they did a pretty good job against Aaron Jones and the home team. That You know, they, they had the door open for them. Uh, but Nick Chubb, I, I, I will blame... Uh, Stefanski for this, why didn't he run Nick Chubb more than five times in the first half? Especially when your boy's thrown two, now three picks in the first half. You know, Nick Chubb only had five carries. He ended up having 17 and 126 yards for the day. I mean, he was getting chunks in the second half. He had the one run for 27 yards, got the touchdown earlier in the game. Um, So after the game, Matt LaFleur had some really detailed observations what he saw from the sidelines during the game. One of them was, he says, and I'd say overall that was probably our poorest performance in tackling in a game. So he obviously was frustrated. Now, after looking at the tape, you know, we asked him, did you still feel about that? And and the Browns were way over 50% on converting in third down. They were really good in third down uh, against the Packers. So why couldn't the Packers' defense get these guys off the field, and you know, did Matt Lafleur and his coaching staff figure out after looking at the tape? Yeah, I mean, there, there's we we definitely evaluated everything, and we've got a lot of reasons as to why it wasn't good enough. Um, 
you know, you got to give Cleveland a lot of credit as well. They, they had a good scheme and they've got good players. Um, and they did a good job of going out there and executing. I, I don't think we took on some of the, the blocks maybe as best as we have in the past. They did a good job with some of the, the gap schemes. They, they were running um, some of the, what we call a bounce scheme where they were pulling some linemen and really attacking our edges and, um, you know, creating space for, for their runners. And, you know, and then when you got guys like Chubb that are able to, to read blocks very effectively and he's, uh, he's got great vision, great balance, and he's a powerful guy that can make people miss. Um, and can run through tackles. And when you're not perfect, you get exposed. So, you know, we'll have our work cut out for us against the Vikings because they're very similar. I mean, they got multiple backs that are really, really talented and they're pretty good up front. So I'm sure it's, it's going to be a big week of work for us to get all that corrected so it, it doesn't happen again. Yeah, big week of work for the Packers leading up to the Vikings matchup, Mike. And then also the Rona is in the building. Yeah, um, you know, we had the uh, the breakout there. But uh, the one other thing I want to talk about, though, too, was the special teams. Um, now, you know, the the Browns only punted once, and well, why is that? It was because because Baker Mayfield kept throwing the ball to the Packers, so that eliminated a lot of punts. But uh, Amari Rogers had, a, had was re- working as a returner, both uh, on kicks and punt returns. Uh, overall, the coverage is good. Corey Borjorquez had some pretty good punts. So I asked Lafleur, um, you know, it, at least the special teams wasn't a story this week. How do you think they did against the Browns on Christmas Day? Yeah, I was I was really happy with their special teams. I thought they did an outstanding job. You know, is it perfect? No, it's never perfect. But I thought, by and large, we did a really good job. I think the the one return that got out to the thirty yard line. Um, we need to be better in, in two specific areas, but for the most part, I thought guys were playing hard. Uh, I thought they just, you're always looking at kind of your coverage lanes. How does it look? And there wasn't many holes there. So that, that was a, that was a positive. We had guys busting their butt, getting downfield. Um, you know, shoot, we had that one tackle on the 15 yard line. So I thought, um, you know, led by Mo, I thought we made some really good adjustments within the game. And, you know, our players were able to go out there and execute. Yeah, Mike, many were saying it was a Christmas miracle that the Packers special teams didn't the bed at all, you know? Right. Uh, you know, the other thing, though, too, is you were still missing a lot of good Browns players that were on still on their COVID list. You know, that was and, – and the guys that they've got an IR. So, I mean, Green Bay did get a break on that, and they really should have been able to put that team away rather than another nail-biter, 22 to 24. But Fox will take it for the ratings. So, yeah, yesterday we were kind of surprised. You'd think the Packers, you know, are really stringent about COVID, but this is this thing is just spreading, you know, a league that's 95% vaccinated. A league where last year 262 players tested positive the entire season. In the past month, over 400 players have tested positive for COVID in just the last month in the NFL. And yesterday it's Ben Braden, who got to play a little left tackle the other day, Tipa Nalia Nalii, the number forty linebacker, he got a sack in the game. Amari Rogers, your returner, the, your rookie wide receiver. Ty Summers, who's on IR with a hamstring, but you know he's in the facility. He gets it. Those are some of the guys of this new group of five that tested positive for COVID, and 
why they shut it down yesterday. And Lafleur asked, you know, do you feel as if preventing COVID from the team is 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 it out of control right now? Certainly, you're trying to take every step to mitigate the risks uh, within, especially within your building, and that's we're definitely going to look at how we can do that around here, just making sure that we mask up as a team when we're inside and then try to keep people as spread out as possible. Um, we've even contemplating potentially if we get more of these, maybe, you know, going to a, a virtual meetings and then just showing up when we, when we want to get together to go out on the field. So we'll, we'll look at everything because we do know this, that uh, the availability thing is re- real. Uh, when you have your players available that I think we're a pretty, pretty um, darn good football team. And we need to try to keep as many people available as possible. May I suggest a new item in the pro shop? Packers, Packers hazmat suits. There you, yeah, (laughs) it's going to come to that. It's going to come to that. So now the Packers are going to play the Vikings and the Vikings uh, lost a chance to try and keep their playoffs alive. They're very slim now after losing to the Rams. Rams, Sonny Michelle looked tough, man. He had over 100 yards rushing, 27 carries. Uh, they lost Henderson uh, with an injury, but they, they may be able to get Cam Akers back from uh, a torn Achilles he suffered in July. Uh, you know, Sean McVay talking about that last night. But as for this next team you're going to play on Sunday night football, uh, what's, you know, what's, what is their motivation outside of trying to save Mike Zimmer a job or whatever? They got three picks off of Matthew Stafford. Um, Barr, Anthony Barr, the linebacker, got two of them. And Woods, one of the defensive backs, uh, got one. And still, Stafford was able to run the football and then find ways to move the ball down the field. It was even time of possession. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, he's got all these great, efficient numbers and not throwing the ball away. They just can't seem to score. And so this is what Cousins had to say and the frustration from the Vikings defense from Anthony Barr on why his offense can't can't get more points on the board. I felt that the red zone uh, inability to score touchdowns and instead kick field goals at best. Obviously, the one drive didn't even kick a field goal. In this league, it just tends to tends to hurt you when you don't score touchdowns and you settle for field goals. Man, we can't worry about what the offense does. You know, we got to continue to do our job as best we can get off the field, uh, minimize scoring drives, continue to get turnovers. That's what I like about Kirk Cousins, though, Mike. He's kind of like you know the long line of you know Baker Mayfield and as you suggested, Jay Cutler. I, I predict some interceptions coming up for Kirk at Lambeau. Yeah, uh, why not? Rasul Douglas. You know, you ask him how does he keep on coming up with these plays every week? How does he manage to jump these routes and get picks nearly every week this season? I go through every week with the same mindset. Uh, I try to look for plays that um, maybe I could get an interception on and I could jump. Um, and I always tell uh, my safeties. Uh, what plays I'm going to jump. So in case I do and it's not that, uh, hopefully they're in the post. But that's just how I practice and play. And then I look at what coach gives us and see things from there. And I just go, okay, well, maybe I could get one here. Like we always wanted to be on us as a defense. That's what we pride ourselves on, getting that stop or that key turnover to change the game or to end the game, however it needs to be. But we pride ourselves on that. As soon as we seen uh, punt you want to go out, everybody looked at each other and said, this, this is what we play football for. Now, if Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers calls you a superstar, as they did Rasul Douglas, and Mike Clemens joining us right now, our superstar here, if they call you a superstar, though, Mike, you better deliver again. And speaking of superstars, how about that Rodgers record? Yeah, I think what was most incredible was the fact that it took Favre 255 games uh, 
to get the 442 for career touchdowns. And for Aaron Rodgers, it took him 211 games. That's like two or three years sooner mm. than what it took Favre. Al Lazard, who caught the winning that that record-setting touchdown early in the game against the Browns, said he read those stats and was just found that to be staggering. His numbers of touchdowns compared to other guys and their interceptions as well, and he's thrown like 200 less or whatever from from at least Brett and I think the other guy as well. So just to have those statistics is just so crazy, and the fact that he had to sit on the bench for for the first three four years of his career, and for him to still reach that number, like like come on, like that's that's greatness. That's greatness for sure. Mike, we appreciate your time, man. Always a pleasure to have you, and we'll talk again. What um, later this week, maybe? Thursday morning. How Thursday about morning, that? Mike. We love you, Mike. Have a good one. Thanks, Evo. There he is, Mike Clemens. Mike Clemens, NFL Twitter. Good stuff.